Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Again, my name is Michael Anthony Ingram. Welcome to the program. My special guest tonight is Delyn Lee. Her new book is Lift Up, Inspirational Poems and Devotions. Hello, Delyn. How are you tonight? I am doing well. How are you? <laughs> Quite well. Thanks for asking. I appreciate Wonderful. that. Wonderful. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Let's begin this journey. Okay. All right. What is poetry, Delyn? What is poetry? Okay. Love this question, and I know it can be answered in so many different ways. Um, So for me, when I'm asked what is poetry, I would have to say for me it's ministry. And what I mean by that is it's how I share my testimony of God's love, his forgiveness, um, how I express my mistakes. Um, how I also use empathy um, to, you know, relay experiences of others. Um, Every poem I write, my hope and my prayer is that God is glorified and that people are moved, that they're changed, that they're guided to God. That is what I hope and express when I I write poetry. So for me, poetry overall is an expression. You know, it's an expression of what happens in life. And for me, like I said, it goes back to simply it's ministry. That's how that's how I would say what poetry is to me. Why do you think it's important? Why is it important? I understand your definition, but why is it important? I think poetry is important because it literally allows myself and anyone else who is a poet, it allows us to express ourselves and to connect with others. Um, it enables us to say messages, to give wisdom, to give guidance, and to, honestly, to be transparent. I think poetry is one of those forms of writing where you can be the most transparent. Um, I also think uh, poetry lends itself to where we can be unique in our own ways. There's so many different forms of poetry. Um, it's almost, it almost has the least amount of rules, I guess you can say, in writing. Um, someone might argue the opposite, <laughs> but I would say right. it kind of has at least a matter of rules. But, you know, with poetry, it's important because we can say everything uniquely in our own way, beautifully in our own way. And then also, too, we can really talk about what's happening in our present time. So if we look at past poets, different things that were going on in the world or maybe in a country, they were writing about it then. Well, today, and I even have some poetry that I've written already that deal with things that are happening in modern day times. And I'm hoping in the future, if someone reads it, you know, 10, 20 years later, they'll actually be able to reflect on this part of what will be history. So I I think that's why poetry is important. What are some of the predominant themes of your work? You said the predominant themes? Yes. Okay. So 
predominant themes. One, you are going to hear about God. You are going to hear about my relationship with God. Um, and when I say that, all of my poems are not simply, you know, just praising God, but it's going to be more so there are times where I've written where I'm, I'm struggling. You know, I'm going to say I'm, I'm being transparent as possible. Uh, but that is, that is an ongoing theme. You are going to. And that was one thing, too, as I started to write and also, too, as I started to publish, um, one of my prayers was that every platform I get, every time I write, whether I speak, spoken word, whatever it may be, God, you're going to be glorified in it. Um, So that is a theme you will see throughout it. Also, um, you will see themes, um, and I guess this is more so dealing with the forming of the poem. I love free verse. (laughs) So a lot of my poems are going to you're going to see styles of free verse throughout them. Um, but you, I do also have several poems that are dealing with rhyme um, where you will see that as well, too. But those, those are the main things that you're going to see. It's going to be my testimony. Oh. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Please share a poem. Okay. Let's see. So I am going to actually share one that is from my book that is now released. It's out. Lift up. Um, and I'm going to share, it's called A Time of Promise. All right, so I will read this. A Time of Promise. When you believe the end is near, no song plays loud enough. No pen writes dark enough. No car drives fast enough. No open road is long enough. Tears are as dry as desert air. Numbness lengthens your body. The only question resonating, how did this point get so close? When did the course shift? The creeping of repeated drag, lines forever stained on tracks, regretful thoughts soaring round. Angered resentment taking uncontrolled toil. Yet as moments eventually pass, days turn into weeks passing quickly. Peace starts to permeate the sky. Love grips heartstrings, plain hope. Once spoken promises reverberate. And that is when onward begins. Now believing the end has yet begin and that is a time of promise wow that's beautiful what inspired you to write the book lift up yes what inspired me to write the book and the reason i actually started it with that is because um that poem was all about god's reassurance um and so there there are seasons and and even situations that happen in our lives where we question, we may question God, we may question ourselves, we may question other people. Um, but through these different moments, um, regardless of the season, what I want people to understand is God is there. He's here. And whether we are in a high season, a, a mountaintop, you can say, and we're, we're on cloud nine, as they say, right, we're in a mountaintop um, moment we still can acknowledge God. We still can praise him. 
the same thing as those who, let's say, are in a valley or in a season of testing, a season of going through and of fighting, even in those moments and those seasons, we still should praise God. And so the title of the book is called Lift Up, and it's literally inspiration. I want to inspire those who read it, regardless of which season they are in. Um, because even the first poem I just read to you and the first devotion that is in this book too, is actually dealing with a lower point or a lower season that I was actually in. I didn't actually start this book at a higher point. I started actually at a lower one, right? Because that's typically the hardest time for us to actually understand what is going on. So the whole point of me writing this book was that I wanted to inspire others. And I wanted to inspire those who acknowledge God and those who have never even heard of God or maybe have heard of him passingly but want to get to know mm-hmm. more about him. Or maybe hopefully by reading, their interest is peaked and they want to learn more about him. But that Very was the nice. basis behind it. Mm-hmm. Now, how does a poem begin for you with an idea, a form, or an image? Okay. So... <laughs> It depends. Most of my poems, they come from a feeling or an experience. Okay. So something that is going on possibly personally in my life or maybe in someone who is within my close network, maybe something that's going on in their life and they may have shared it with me. You know, they may have, you know, opened up to me and shared that. So it may be something along the lines of a feeling of a dear friend or relative. Um, but most of them will come from a feeling or an experience. Uh, but then also, too, I will also say um, things that are happening in the community or worldwide. You know, so we were going through um, last year, right? What year were we in? 2021. Okay, 2022. <laughs> so last year, kind of when we took that, um, um, uh, how do I want to say it? When kind of like the Black Lives Movement kind of peaked yes. last year with yes. everything that was going on. I had a poem that was birthed out of that that came because of all of that that was going on. You know, something that I, you know, me, I'm an African-American female. You know, what I was also dealing with being an African-American on top of the fact that I'm a believer, you know. And so yes. sometimes it is situations that are taking place. Um, I do have poems where they come from, let's say, an image. It could be a picture or a statue, something I've seen. Um, There's one in my book. It's called Angel. And that actually came from uh, an actual angel that was hanging on the wall in someone's house that I saw. And a whole poem came from just that. (laughs) Uh, But majority of my poems, they're they're coming from that feeling or that experience, things that are happening, like I said, to those dear to me or even personally within myself. That's where my poems come. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I can tell that you're passionate about your work. Passionate yes, about your work. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. That's a beautiful thing, Glenn. That's a beautiful thing. Please share another poem. Okay. And since I brought up Angel, let me read Angel. Beautiful. I read that. So... All right, this is titled Angel. Lightly carry this drifting soul, a colored mist in every role. Darken night, yet light expels. The fear unknown we must tell. 
He is lovely and very blessed to float among the sky's crest. Stretch forth brailed wings, tell the story of entangled strings. How his freedom and prosperity glows, within this house is where he flows. The power of focus he sustains, all around splendor reigns. Like the cast in these halls, draping rest upon these walls. And that's the poem Angel. Wow. The poem Angel. Yes. <laughs> Do you sit and think through every word of every stanza, or do you write freely and allow the words to just flow? So over the years, um, as a writer, I've actually I've, I've shifted. At first, mm-hmm. I used to write every stanza. But now, I actually write freely. So, and actually some of the, the poems I, I'm, I'm a, I will share a little bit later um, yes. Those are poems that literally um, I wrote freely, and I just kept writing and writing and writing. Um, and I love when I and when I freely write um, because I'll go back and you know I'll change something, I'll move you know maybe a stanza up or down, you know I'll kind of perfect it at that point. But at this point, um, I I'm a writer that writes freely, and I just let the words flow, <laughs> let it come out. Where do you think these words come from? What's the catalyst for them? The catalyst for them. Um, So, hmm, okay. I guess I I would say for for me, um, it's coming from the Holy Spirit, which is in me. Um, Yes. Because, like I said, poetry for me is ministry. So the words, as they're flowing out, it's not only for me, one, encouraging myself, but then also, two, for someone else to hear these words in this way, in a poetic way. Um, so God giving me those words. Um, also, two, dealing with um, situations in life, um, things, you know, whether, let's say I, I lost a family member, something along those lines, the emotion mm-hmm. and the experience behind that, that's still also, too, God dealing with me and how I am handling a period of grief, what that is like, that healing process there. Oh, very nice. Do you come from a literary background? And part two of that question, what did you learn growing up about writing? Okay. So my literary background probably would be college because I did, um, as if anyone read my biography, um, I did um, uh, my undergraduate degree when I proceeded at George Mason University. Um, I double majored. I pursued it in psychology and English, and my concentration for English was poetry. And so that would be my literary background. Um, Prior to college, one reason I – chose to pursue English as an undergraduate degree was that I fell in love with writing as a child and as I grew up. Um, I remember being in elementary school and we had to write a haiku poem. That was my very first form of poetry that I wrote. Um, And I wish I could find that poem. (laughs) If I could, I would try to find that poem, but I'm pretty sure it's somewhere and I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't think I would be able to see it. But if I could, I would love to see it. Um, 
But from that moment, I, I fell in love with being able to express myself and being able to write words in, in different ways and to have fun and to use rhymes and to learn how to count. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I had even as a young child. And so by the time I graduated from high school, when I went into college, I knew for a fact that I, one, writing was going to be a part of my degree. And um, my college offered poetry as a concentration. So I said, absolutely, that will be my concentration. Um, so that, that will be my literary background. And I forgot the part B to that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Because you did touch on one of my future, my next question though. Okay. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? And I think you talked about it in terms of writing the haiku early on. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I wrote it and it's like, Oh my goodness. One, this was fun. That was the first thing, you know, this was fun. Um, and then it also keeps my interest, like, what else can I do? Um, and so that's when I started to dig a little bit deeper into poetry. Um, and as I got older, as, the more I I don't want to say journaling, because I didn't journal yeah. a lot. But when I journaled, when I wrote, it was writing poems. And I will be honest, a lot of my earlier poems, they were about, they were about love and heartbreak. You know, it was a lot of that. Um, And then later in life, as I grew in my relationship with God, that's when that shift happened. And that's when my poems started going towards that direction. And and even many of those earlier poems, I don't have them um, anymore. But when I did write, when I did journal, when I did have all of those emotions and things that I didn't know how to say them, I would write them. And so the more I wrote, the more would flow and the more would flow and it just kept coming and kept coming. And so now I'll be driving down the road and all of a sudden I'll, I'll you know, a line or two will come and I'll just, you know, jot it, jot it down and I'll come back to it. Um <laughs> Well, let me ask this question. You know, poetry is about emotions. Mm-hmm. Do you think that someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? So I think someone can be called a poet that does not feel strong emotions. Yes. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. And the reason I say that is because it goes back to my definition of poetry. It's an expression. So you have to have, mm-hmm. you have, to have emotion if you're expressing. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, think, I think as a poet, you, you would have to have emotion. Um, that's not to say you have to relate to every poem that you write. Um, you can, you know, but you don't have to. You could very well, you know, write beautifully about something that maybe you you don't know. Um, but no, I, I think a poet has to be has to have those emotions. All right, very nice. Please share another poem. Another poem. Okay, let's see. Yes. Um, I enjoy right. listening to you, so please share another poem. <laughs> okay. Um, All right, I'm going to read this one. This one is called A Creator's Love. Um, 
a creator's love. Beautiful woman, can't you see how I took my time and created you? Not for waste or without reason, but for the very purpose of I need you. From the color of your hair to the shape of your eyes and thighs, you are my perfect masterpiece, and I love every piece of you I see. Hear me loud and know I am proud to see you strut across this earth, internally woven and built spirit strong, shining bright with your mouth of light. Let me love you and bestow my goodness. Don't take my time, my detail, my every thought of you for granted, because I only have one of you. Yes, just one, no one else like you. Let the world see what I have done, daily shaping you in my master plan. This is only one phase, one staircase high. There is so much more I have in store for you. Love me back, returning with praise. For my greatest creation is mankind. It was no accident how I orchestrated creation. Every aspect was for a reason, majestically aligned. That's why I ask, beautiful woman, can you see? My longing is for you to long for me too. Patiently waiting a look or word from you, for you are who my eyes stay rested upon. And that's the creator's love. Wow. You know, your voice possesses a majesty. What is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice, if there's a relationship? Right, yes. No, I'm glad you asked that because I don't know if you noticed there was a slight shift, I guess, in the poem. And that's kind of where I'm going to next. Yeah, so I'm going into those poems that are a little bit more like what I just read with the Creator's Love. The first two I read were actually from my book, and those were written. Um, I am the type where not all poems, um, at some point should be read and some point should be spoken. That's just in my opinion and also how I write. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. like the first two, when I read them from my book, uh, every poem in my book, I wrote them because they are meant to be read. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other okay. ones that you'll probably hear for the duration of the night, these are actually ones that are more so meant to be spoken. So my relationship between my speaking voice and my written voice um I would have to say both are very, both are expressive. Um, But when I speak, my speaking voice, obviously, it it almost sounds bolder, more passionate. Um, Yes. Between the two of them, regardless, I want them both to be impactful, whether you're reading them off the page or you're listening to me as I'm saying them. Both of them want to be impactful, but yes, there there is a difference between my speaking voice and written voice. I feel with my, my speaking voice, I can truly express every emotion that should be coming from that poem. Mm-hmm. Um, because, for example, if you were to have read A Creator's Love, you may not have read it how I just read it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. when I speak, you actually get the full breadth of that poem. You get every high and low. You get every, you know, line of punch versus one that's not. (laughs) So 
you kind of see that. I hope I answered that question right. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. Well, look, let's take a brief break, and we'll be right okay. back, okay? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then uh, another ingredient I would have to say um, 
would be transparency. I think it's important for us as writers, as poets, to be transparent. Um, and so, and I hope transparency can be an ingredient. <laughs> yes, this is a, yes, we're going to talk about it like that. Transparency, okay, keep going. Okay, good. All right, transparency, another, another ingredient. Um, and then, depending on the type of cake or the type of poem we are making, um, how do we want this poem to flow? What, what is the form of it? You know, do we want to rhyme? Are we trying to rhyme? Are we just trying to, you know, count and more so have it like a rhythmic type of poem? Like, well, what are we going for? So what that form would be like? Um, what other ingredients I would have to say? And I would say relevance, too. Um, because when, when we put out poetry, we want people to understand, you know, mm-hmm. may not be able to relate, but I, I want you to understand what the poem is saying. Um, and I, and I think it's important because like, like I said earlier, when it comes to poetry, you know, we're, we're recapping, we're, we're telling, you know, things that are going on today. If I'm writing something about let's say, um, equal rights or, you know, something along those lines, it's relevant to what's happening now. So anyone who reads it now, they'll be able to understand or at least relate to it or possibly just see it from that perspective. And also years down the road, they'll be able to look back and say, oh, wow, Lynn Lee wrote this during this period of time, and that makes sense because that was relevant during her time. Um, but I would say those would be maybe the main ingredients. I would say. Oh, very nice. You know, I really, what I like about this conversation is that your answers lead into questions that I plan to ask. And that's perfect. That's good. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Good. Because you talked about transparency and relevancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We live in a world where so much is happening. The yes. good, bad, and indifferent. Mm-hmm. What do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? Our role is to tell our story. Um, if, if I ask someone who lived 100 years ago, their story's not going to be the same as mine. Now, yes, mm-hmm. there, there may have been the same maybe situations worldwide going on or something similar happening, but... Our role, we need to tell our story, and we need to share it, and we need to be open enough to where we want people to um, not want them to hear us, but be willing to share it with them. Um, I think, I'm not going to say we owe them that, but I do think for Mm -hmm. us as writers, we need to voice that. We need to be that voice. You know, as as a young girl growing up, uh, reading Maya Angelou, reading Nikki Giovanni, um, even though Nikki Giovanni, she's still writing now, like she's still putting out um, books and everything like that, but there are different experiences that happened when I wasn't around, you know, or I, I mm-hmm. maybe was too small to know that, <laughs> but yeah. I used to look back on there. So our, our role, our, our responsibility in a way, it's, is to have that transferred where we tell our story. We tell it from our perspective. We tell it from now. Because if I go to another fellow poet who is existing now with me, um, I may write a poem about something. They may write it about the same thing. But guess what? It's going to be two different perspectives because it's two different mm-hmm. people, but they're both relevant because they're both happening now. 
But I could say, Delenn, who cares about poetry? <laughs> you should I care about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so so to that. I can't argue with someone who says who cares about poetry because okay. that's, that's like me saying everyone drinks coffee. Everyone doesn't drink coffee. Some people drink tea. And that's okay, but at the end of the day, you're drinking something. So, yes, poetry may not reach everyone, but I do think, and I think this kind of goes into our education system, I do think we need to introduce every person to poetry. And then they decide whether or not they like it. Talk about that some more. Why should it be introduced? I like that. I like that. Tell me more. Oh, it absolutely should be introduced. So that way um, it's, it's not something that they get to the college level and they see it on, you know, a list of options to take for a concentration. You know, that shouldn't be the first point that they see poetry. We should introduce it when they're young, like me. When I was in elementary school, I wrote a haiku, right? And if I look back on there, I don't know if it was a part of the curriculum or maybe my teacher was a poet and I didn't know it, but they introduced it to me at that young age. But I do think um, poetry is a significant genre across language arts. And so, therefore, it's just as important as our nonfiction and our fiction, like all of our genres that we have. It's a significant piece to that. And I do think if we start to introduce it earlier and we keep going with that, we're going to birth many other poets that are going to come out from that. Very profound. Very profound. Please share another poem. Another poem. Okay, let's see. I am going to, uh, I think I want to do, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm trying to flow with how our conversation is going. I'm going to read this poem. It's called Unity. And this was actually the poem I wrote last year um, when everything was going on. I think I had mentioned it earlier with the heighten of, like, the Black Lives Movement that happened last yeah. year as well. Um, and this one, I actually performed this in um, a local town as well. Um and so I'm going to share this one, all right? But it's called Unity. The unification of our land, our people, not just you and me, but we and all. We the people as written in the Constitution. We the church selected by God, appointed by him to spread his gospel, the truth to all mankind in love. In love, so that by love, everyone will know, know that we are the reflection of God. Each one of us called for his glory, destined to fulfill our purpose, operating as one body, one body, many members, alike and different, one Lord, many forms of worship, one baptism, many methods of praise. One faith in which we declare our God, our responsibility, our destiny to mirror God, acknowledging the greatest example through the Trinity, rise up, brothers, rise up, sisters, hand in hand, arm in arm, rise up, mothers, rise up, fathers, seek encouragement, build the young. Rise up, man. 
Rise up, woman. Together in prayer we fight this battle. Stand firm, believing together we are stronger. Alone we are weak. Gathered together, multicolored and joined. We must show the world united we stand. Anchored in Jesus Christ, we must show the world united we stand. Without complaint and judgment, we must show the world united we stand. With transparency and grace, we must show the world united we stand. Now and forevermore, we must show the world united we stand. And that's the poem Unity. Very powerful. Does knowing that your poems are published and out in the world validate you being a poet, or are you content knowing that they're out of your system? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so before I – so my book – this is my first book that came out this year, yes. right, 2001. Yes. But I've been writing for decades. Um, so I felt like, yes, <laughs> so I felt like I was a poet when I first wrote, um, not probably not the haiku poem. I wasn't that confident at that point, but <laughs> a few after that, <laughs> and, you know, I found myself to be a poet. Um, then it wasn't just because I published. Now, me being an author, that didn't come until obviously later when I actually published work. Um, so I'm not going to say being a published author or published poet is what validated me as a poet, um, but it was a great experience to finally be published and finally be an author. Um, and I think with any poet, like I told you, sometimes I'm driving and a few lines will yeah. pop in my head and I'll just have to get it out because if I don't get it out, it's just going to bug me the whole day <laughs> um, <laughs> until I write it out. And so, um, yeah, I, I can understand both ways, but that that's kind of how I guess I would feel on that. <laughs> well, speaking of lift up, mm-hmm. if you had to convince a friend or a colleague to read your book, what might you tell them? Oh, my goodness. I would tell them. I, I would tell them to get it. One, I'm your friend. You should get it. Two, I would tell them to get it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm being honest with that. And, and I, I am being honest with that because I do believe friends and family, you should support one another, right? There are certain things, certain products, different things I have bought simply because someone was a friend or someone was a <laughs> um, family member. Um, I do think we should support one another. But um, the second point I would make to them <laughs> is that, Especially with Lift Up, this is literally all about inspiration and encouragement. And you cannot tell me that there is not a single point, let's say even in your week, I'm not even going to say your life, in your week, that you would tell me you don't need encouragement. Because whether your Monday was great or your Monday was awful, your Tuesday was great, your Wednesday was awful, whatever happened during that week, all of us need encouragement. All of us need inspiration. We do. It's just life. So much is going on. So much is happening. So I would tell them simply for just those moments when you need the encouragement, have the book with you. Have it there. Just keep it with Even if you don't sit there and read it every single day, that's fine. Read it when you need it. 
right? And then I'm hoping that it captivates you enough to where you're reading it even when you don't need it, but it's good to have because guess what? You want to stay inspired. So that, that's what I would tell my family and friends to do um, in regards to my book because at the end of the day, the purpose behind this book is to inspire you, it's to encourage you, it's to lift you up. And then once you are lifted up and everything, one, you can read it again. That's what's great about books. They don't go away. Right, You can read it again if you need to. You can go back to your favorite poem or your favorite devotion and read that. Um, but then also, guess what? Buy a copy for somebody else because guess what? They need encouragement too. And they may not be my family member. They may not be my friend, but they are yours. You have a network too. Send it to them. Give it as a gift. I've had many people who have uh, purchased a book already, and they've given it as a gift to somebody else just because they know it's about inspiration. Mm. What did you learn about yourself writing this book? Who are you as a result? (laughs) What I learned about myself, I would have to say, is that, one, I can do this. And when I say I can do this, I mean I can write and publish a book. My publisher is phenomenal. I I did use a publisher, Taylor Publishing Group. I did use a publisher, and they're phenomenal. Um, And they, they encouraged me also, too, along the way as well. Um, but what I learned about myself is, yes, I can do this. I can publish a book. And guess what? I can publish another one and another one and another one. Right? I can keep doing this. Um, I also learned more about my voice, too. Um, and it actually goes back to the previous question you asked me in regards to my written voice versus my speaking voice. Um, going through this process, I, I clearly see the distinction. Um, between the two, and so that is that has helped. Um, and then lastly, I would say, um, not necessarily learned about myself, but more so was a, a strong reminder, is that my testimony matters. My testimony matters because it's needed for somebody else. Someone else needs to read this experience to say, hey, she made it through it, she kept going, I can too. So th- those would be the things that I would say I learned about myself. That is so profound. Your testimony matters. Yes. I couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> testimony matters. You know, Delyn, this is a call-in show, and we have yes. a caller. Oh, great. I'd like Wonderful. to bring this person on. Let's see. Area code 434, the first three numbers of 471. You're on the air with Delyn. Good evening. Hello. Maybe just I truly enjoyed the um, the reading, Delenn. This is Veronica. Oh, wonderful! Hi, Veronica. Hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a question for Delenn? You got a question? We're just supporting. <laughs> Supporting? Okay, great. Oh, love it. Great. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for calling in, all right? All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's take a brief break. We'll be right, right back. There. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll be right back.
are back. I'm here with Delin Lee. Delin, question for you. Yes. All poets have several words that come up over and over and over again, words or sentences that they just can't help but use in their work. What are three of your absolute favorite words to use? <laughs> okay, I laugh because it's funny when I'm writing a poem, um, I'll remember like, oh, you know what? I think I said the same thing in another poem. <laughs> <laughs> It'll go to see it's like, you know what? But it's okay. It should be in here. So I leave it in there. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Words. So words, words, words. What would I say? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I wonder if I more so do phrases versus words. Um, okay. Oh, I'm trying to think now. Let's what see. Three phrases, three phrases, then, that you, that you love to employ. Um, you're going to hear a lot about um, – valleys, mountains, those type of, <laughs> because I think okay. those are the best ways for people to understand um, what I'm talking about, especially with seasons or places you are in. Most people can relate mm-hmm. to when I say mountaintop, they, they know what that is. When I say valley, they, they know what that is. Um, yes. So I think I would have to say that. Um, I know earlier, you know, I say, God, you're definitely going to see that's going to resonate the whole way through every poem. Um, what else would I say? Who I usually use in every poem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And you know, of course, it's going to happen later when I'm writing a poem. Like, oh, I should have said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, possibly pain. I guess the word pain um, comes up. Okay. All pain, right. I think, will come up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do I think I was meant to be a poet? I do. I tell do. me more. And the reason I more. say that, I'm sorry, say that again? I said, tell me more. Tell me more. Yes. Tell me why. Yes. The reason I say I was, I was meant to be a poet is because, and people have not only told me this, but I, I also see it in myself. Um, there are just ways that I can write that it works or it, it makes sense. It's clear. Um, the clarity is behind it. And so, um and, and I think, and I, I'm truly grateful to God for this, too, that he's blessed me with a way to say certain things in a way that um, someone who is, let's say, my young niece, who is, you know, under five years old, and then um, all the way to, let's say, a, a great honor uncle who is in their 80s and 90s, they both can understand it. Um, and so I, I do I do believe that, yes, I, I was a poet. There is no way. All the poems I have written <laughs> were for nothing. There's no way <laughs> that that's not possible. Uh, but it's just not because there's just too many. And I think if you talk to another poet, they'll probably say the same thing. You know, there's no way because obviously poetry is the way that I'm expressing myself versus doing it in, let's say, story form. You know, I, like I'm literally it's coming out in a poetic form. Um, and, that, and that really, you know, yes, my degree has something to do with that in a way, but even before the degree, it was still coming out in that way. So I, I would say yes, absolutely. You know, they say to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, mm. and poets. Yep. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? What emerges, what emerges naturally? From you, from you, Delenn. What emerges from you? What emerges from me? Um, but I think it goes back to that transparency. It goes back to my testimony. 
because I would have to say the best way I have found to even share my testimony has been poetry. And that's why I said that was one of the biggest things I learned and also to what you will see when you read my work. Um, yeah. Your um, resonance, your, your way of being is so clear. I see, I sense the transparency. The, mm-hmm. I sense it. Go ahead. It comes through. It comes through like it just comes through. I really, really do. It's, I really do. Please share another poem. Please share another poem. Another poem. Okay. So speaking on transparency, I'm going to read the poem after. And this poem, I mean, this is a really heavy poem. Um, and when I say heavy, I'm talking in regards to the transparency <laughs> behind this poem. Right. Actually, when I wrote this poem, I wrote it, I think it's probably, what, two or three years at this point. But this was actually dealing with, it was for a, um, it was for a healing project. And it was literally for those um, that um, need healing, healing not only emotionally, but physical healing, Um spiritual healing, like all ty- all types of healing. It, it's literally for that. And so this was wrote, written, like I said, too, about three years ago or so, but it's called After. All right. No one tells you they're going to hurt you. And most of the time, we just trust people and then get surprised when they cause pain. Pain you never knew you could feel. No one gives you the heads up that they're about to use you, take advantage of the beauty, the body, just for their gain and satisfaction. No one uttered, I'm going to abuse you physically or worse, mentally, impressing their ideology in your mind, then getting mad when your being rejects it because it's not yours. No one texts you to say, tonight we're having sex. To only learn later, you wouldn't get a choice. Overthrown, ignored, voice silenced. No one tells you how the nakedness felt. When you want to peel the very skin off your body and wash it so you feel clean. No one tells you that even after the act, that guilt, shame, depression, suicide would follow. Self-doubt becomes a mastered skill. Crying in silence between covers and during hot showers? No one said you look in pain, that they could see the agony. Most masks are beautiful, yield to shield dark emotion. No one tells you that when you chose to stop life, that the person you thought cared would never miss a beat and never seek an apology to you? No one warns you that only God could heal. That intercourse, alcohol, porn just pacify. Even they aren't good enough. So you just hold it inside as it eats you away. No one notices the cover-up. They only label it as you, your personality, your boldness, your strength, never thinking she's broken. There's one thing to tell you. Sister, daughter, friend, brother, son, beloved, God heals. He delivers, he breaks chains, he frees. He ends curses, he restores, he loves. So I tell you, there is hope. Hope of 
unending, hope unmatched, hope unconditional. I tell you that even your darkest day is bright in his eyes. He knows you will rise from this, from your pain, hurt, suffering, torment. I tell you that your story will spearhead you into a place God needed you all along. I tell you that gladness appears after thousands of tears shed when hopelessness is your cry. I tell you that the strength to hold on is no accident and without purpose. Suicidal thoughts believe they are home, but Jesus' death and resurrection destroys their reservation. I tell you that peace is not a delusion. No, it's your blessing, the very intent God wants to pour on you. I tell you that love is God. Love is the all-encompassing faith, voice, and action of God. His love is the answer to soothe hatred and bitterness, strengthening you unlike anything else. I tell you that healing comes at surrenderance. In the moment you lay across the floor drowning in tears, feeling the weight of every action, choice, and consequence, and the only response required is to repent and submit to him, for in the after, your healing begins. And that's after. Wow. Perfect poem. How has your idea of what poetry is changed since you began writing poems? Um, before it was it was more fun entertainment. Um, it's still okay. fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was more so yeah. I was writing just for for entertainment and I was also writing just to get out emotion you know getting out of you know my boyfriend broke up with me and I'm sad and depressed you know getting that out <laughs> you know things okay. like that now it has transformed into purpose it has transformed into something I am not just writing this for myself I am writing this for the sister I have never met in my life the brother I just met the other day the the mom I just ran into in the grocery store and didn't know she needed the encouragement. It, there's purpose behind it now. Every every single poem that's coming out, every single um, verse that's being written, it's for a reason. Um, so I would say that's that's how mine has has transformed over the years. All right, very nice. You know, we're almost at the end of the program. I don't want it to end. Oh I'm enjoying it so much. We have time for one more. How would you like to close? How would I like, like to close? close? In regards to a poem or a question, what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> in, regards, in regards of a poem, what would you like to share with us as we end this journey, this part of the, the journey? Yes, the poem I would share, I love, I'm going to go out and, and praise and in fun. Um, I won't say fun, but uplifting. Let me say uplifting, not fun. <laughs> okay. But praise, yes. Yes, so I'm, I'm going to read my soul's wonder. Is that okay? Yes, it's perfect. Okay, perfect. My soul's wonder. All right. Um, it's funny. I wrote this poem. It had to be like 1 a.m. in the morning. I don't know. It just, <laughs> the first <laughs> line came, and then it just kind of came out, and it's like, okay, we'll go with this. So anyway, it's my soul's wonder. All right. A wonder in my soul, the one I desire to behold, daily praising your name, seeking your will without fame. God, speak to me, ears wide, awaiting your direction and guide, humbling before your throne, knowing you interpret every groan. 
a wonder in my soul, the one I desire to behold. Your greatness does not compare, just as your love is so rare. Unconditional and available for all, yet many reject your very call. Praising you for your mercy and grace, every season set in time and space. A wonder in my soul, the one I desire to behold. Show us your mighty works, causing our hearts to immerse. Striving to mirror your ways, mold our frames to your praise. In the powerful name of Jesus, accept our worship, lead us. A wonder in my soul, the one I desire to behold. And that's my soul's wonder. Wow. Glenn Lee, you are a blessing. Oh, you are a blessing. God. Thank you. <laughs> you truly are a blessing, a blessing. You've been a blessing to me tonight. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Glory to God. Yes. And I want everyone to go out and pick up the book. Yes. Lift up. Yes. Pick up the lens book. You may not need it today. Right. But you never know what tomorrow <laughs> is going to bring. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to thank you again. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much, and thank you also. I I enjoyed the show. Thank you for having me on here. (laughs) This was wonderful. This was fun. I'm glad. It didn't even feel like an hour went by. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It went by quickly. It really, really did. Uh, (laughs) Well, again, I thank you. I'd like to thank our listening audience as well and the person, Veronica, who called in. Yes. want to thank her as well. Yes. <laughs> want to say good night, and as I share every week, let poetry ring. Be safe out there. Care of each other. Until next time, again, good night. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.